Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 70. Today we're going to talk about something kind of similar to the last episode. Uh, we're not going to talk about binge eating, but we're going to talk about another term that people use as a bit of a blanket term to cover everything. Uh, cravings. I mean, the title of these kind of gives it away, right? There's no point in me telling you what we're going to talk about. You've already read the word cravings in the title. But yeah, cravings. Cravings are fickle and they're not as straightforward as people think. And again, we have to be able to tell the difference between what are genuine, true cravings and what is just you wanting to eat something. We'll talk about an interesting conversation that I've had quite a few times with, with our members inside Clan Monroe. What are, what are genuine cravings? What are real cravings? So the vast majority, I know I keep talking about the way we do things inside the Monroe Method, but because of the way that we do things now, I just, I love the way that we do things now. Like since November, since we moved to the new platform at the end of October, um, through November, December, January, people working their way through the course. So the way that it works now is they join, they'll do day one and then that's it. Day two will unlock 24 hours later. They'll go into that. On day four, is it day four or day five? Whatever it is, I ask them to track their diet for two days. Now, I don't. we don't give them calories. We don't give them macros, nothing like that. I just show them how to, you know, I tell them between NutriCheck and MyFitnessPal, I show them around and say, right, pick one of these, download it and have a go at tracking. All I want you to do is track what you normally eat, just whatever you're going to eat over the next two days, plug it into the app. And on day seven, you will come and have a mini check-in. And in that mini check-in, they come in, they fill out a, a specific check-in template where we ask for their details. This is the point where we're going to set their calories and macros, age, weight, height, diet history, etc., etc. And they also post their two days of tracking. Now, the vast, and honestly, Nine, 90, 90 to 95% of the people who come to work with us have the same diet. They'll eat, they'll be eating different foods, but they've got the same balance of diet, right? Their carbs are very high, their fats are very high, their sugar is pretty high, and their protein will be low, and their fiber will be borderline non-existent, right? The vast majority of people we work with do not eat fruits and vegetables. That's how we kind of measure fiber intake. Just for context, right? The recommended level of fiber in an adult, this is what's considered a healthy range, is 30 to 50 grams a day. 30 to 50 grams of fiber per day. The average adult in the UK consumes around 15 grams, less than half of the minimum recommendation. For more context, 15 grams a day is the recommended level for two to five-year-old children. Um, and the most of the people that I work with are eating five to 10 grams a day, okay? So they're, they're consuming less than the recommended level for very young children. That's not enough as an adult. And honestly, I cannot stress this enough. This is something that people do not want to hear, but so many of your problems would be solved if you just started eating more fruits and vegetables, especially vegetables. But we'll get into that as we go on. So... Most of the people who come to work with us, they're, they're, the, the fibre in their diet, fibre comes from plants. If it's grown in the ground on a bush, picked from a tree, 
If, it, if it's a plant in any shape or size, it contains fibre. Um, and if your fibre is low, it's because you're not consuming any plants. You have a highly processed diet. Um, so the most of the people who come to work with us have this high fat, high carb, high sugar, highly processed approach, moderate to low protein, usually non-existent fiber, very low to non-existent fiber. And that's a wonderful thing. Why? Because the two big things that we focus on inside the Monroe Method is helping people consume adequate protein and helping them improve their fiber intake. Basically using these two, again, just speaking from experience from the people I work with, most most of the problems that people have is uh, comes from, from come from them consuming too many carbs and too much fats, too many fats. Now, when I when I talk about things being too much or too many or high, I'm talking about the context of a person's diet because the number, you know, if you look at the number of grams, it's not a high number of grams. Realistically, that's not a high level of carbs. But it is a high level of carbs when you're not getting enough protein and you're not getting enough fiber. And it's the same with fats. Yes, it's a high, it's, the number isn't high, but when I look at your specific diet and I can see that it's creating a dietary imbalance, then it's a problem. And like I say, this is a great thing because when people come to us with that balance of diet, I have set everything up to help them fix that. We're going to bring balance to that, not by trying to get them to eat less carbs or less fats, but trying to get them to eat more of the things that are missing. Because once you start eating more of the things that are missing, everything else just naturally falls into place. So cravings, what are cravings? Cravings are an intense desire to eat something, to eat a specific food to eat a specific food group, to eat a specific food type. Some people get cravings for carbs, for fats, for sugar, um, for savoury, for sweets, whatever it is. And the difference is genuine cravings are a signal from your body to tell you that you need something. So in, in the instance of the balance of diet that I see, right, people that do not eat fibre, that do not have a balanced diet, they are, and I know this is a big, massive subject now, and I am talking about it a bit more frequently now as well with it being so mainstream, but blood sugar. Um, let's not go to the extremes that crazy people like, what's his face, Professor Tim Spector and his Zoe Zealots, or the glucose goddess is going to. But basically, when you have an imbalanced diet, your blood sugar will go up, pretty high and come down pretty low. And when it goes high, great. You've got all this energy, you're buzzing, it's great. Doesn't last very long and it comes crashing back down. Now you're in this slump, you feel like you don't have any energy and you're probably gonna look for something to boost yourself back up again. That's just one example of why people might experience carb or, or sweet cravings. And it comes down to the absence of a balanced diet. And this is something that's self-created. You know, you're, you, if you feel like you're struggling through every day where your energy is going up and down and you constantly feel like you need to be eating something to boost yourself back up again, the, that's not the problem. The problem is the absence of balance in your diet. I just had a conversation with someone yesterday on a check-in who her diet looked great on paper, on screenshots. I was like, yep, this is great. But she was experiencing a dip in the afternoon. So we spoke about lunch. 
and it turned out lunch for her was from a vending machine, a packet of crisps and a bar of chocolate. So she was having a really well-balanced breakfast. So she was she was navigating breakfast time to lunchtime, great. Then she was having this non-lunch, which was a packet of crisps and a bar of chocolate from a vending machine. Then 1pm to 4pm was terrible because she was tired, she was lethargic, she was experiencing cravings, looking for things to boost her back up again. Then she would come home and have this really balanced dinner and then wouldn't feel like having anything in the evening. And that's wonderful. Like it's that's such a great thing for me to go through with a client. You know, everything that I do is a puzzle. It's all a game. And it's everything is a puzzle. Right. What's the problem? This is the problem. Awesome. Let's go backwards. What's let's figure out what the missing pieces are. So on paper, your diet looks great, but you've experienced this thing in the afternoon. My question, my first question would be, let's talk about lunch. But because of the level of education that our members go through and the point that they get to, she already knew herself. And she said, I think this is happening because I'm not really having a balanced lunch. And it was great that she was so forthcoming and said that. So we got into it. I'm like, well, what are you having for lunch? Well, I'm, I'm not preparing anything. I'm just having this. And then it's a case of, right, that's not great. You know it's not great. You don't like how you feel afterwards, right? There's nothing wrong with having crisps and a chocolate bar, but it's causing a problem at this specific point in the day. What's the solution? A better planned lunch. So you're not you're not doing the lunch planning at the moment. So let's understand why not. Is it a time thing? Is it a value thing? You don't see the value in it. You know, what is it? You know, and then we spoke about the value of it and it was like, you know, if you do not want to experience this horrible crash in the afternoon, feeling like you're nodding off at your desk, feeling like you need sugar to boost yourself back up again, then planning to have a balanced lunch, something balanced between proteins, fats and carbs, getting a bit of everything. You can still have the crisps or the chocolate bar, but you need something else in there to help regulate this. Because when we... When we consume like these highly processed foods in the absence of this balance, in the absence of fiber, in the absence of protein, we don't have anything else in there to regulate that. We're trying to avoid these big spikes because these big crashes are the thing, you know, the spikes are great because we're buzzing on them, but it's what happens straight after when you come down and you feel like crap. We don't want that to happen. So the way to get around that is we we want to regulate our energy. We don't want to we don't want to be buzzing with energy for ten minutes, then feeling like shit afterwards. We want to when we consume a meal, that meal contains calories, right? Let's say your breakfast contains three hundred and fifty calories. If that meal is a balanced meal, it will support you from breakfast time to lunch time. You will have a smooth morning. Your your energy won't feel up or down. You'll just be there. You'll just be awake and active and doing your job and focusing on whatever it is you're focusing on. If you eat 350 calories for chocolate for breakfast, you'll be 100 miles an hour from 9am to 10am and then at 10am you're going to feel like absolute garbage and be looking for the next thing to boost yourself back up again. So we we want to avoid these spikes and drops, not because of any nonsense that Tim Spector will tell you or the glucose goddess, not because not for any other reason, then we just don't want to feel shit. Now, the reason I'm talking about those people is because they're scaremongering everyone into fearing blood sugar, into fearing sugar in general, and I fucking hate it. It's so ridiculously unnecessary, and all it is is people trying to line their pockets by scaring people, by overwhelming them, by confusing them, 
and let's not get into it because it pisses me off enough and I don't want to give them any airtime on here. It pained me to write an email about the Zoe diet a couple of weeks ago because I had so many questions about it. Um, we're not doing it. But, you know, take all that scaremongering away and just bring it back to you. If you do not want to feel like shit during the day, eat better. And when I talk about better, I don't mean health, you know, stop eating this and start eating that. We're just trying to bring some balance into your diet. Bring more fiber into your day. Because honestly, 90% of you listening to this probably do not eat anywhere near enough fruits or vegetables. Um, don't, uh, another in, in this instance, um, this person was having a well-balanced breakfast. I can't remember what it was. I think it was maybe something like overnight oats with like raspberries and all the, all the stuff that people put in it. Raspberries, honey, uh, chia seeds, whatever else. Fiber, protein, it's all in there. Plenty of calories and that's regu- that's helping them regulate their energy through to lunchtime. Then they get to lunch, crisps and a bar of dairy milk. Up and down, up and down. Big crash, 2pm, falling asleep, looking for caffeine, looking for sugar, looking for something to eat to get that boost. And that, that is what a craving is. It's when your body experiences a depletion of something. Uh, There are countless systems in your body that are all working hard all the time, every day to help you achieve homeostasis, right? It will make you thirsty when you need fluids, hungry when you need to eat, sleepy when you need to get rest. And your body sends you these signals and your job is to listen to them and respond to them. And if you do these things, you will regulate yourself pretty well. But the hunger thing only works when we have a balanced diet. When we start creating dietary imbalances, we're disrupting these signals. So your body's like, oh, that didn't fill me up very much. I know it was like 600 calories of crisps and chocolate. Well, maybe not that many. But um, it, it didn't It didn't give us what we need. Now we feel like crap. We need more energy. You need to give us more. And that's where these cravings come from. But they're created. So these are the true, genuine cravings. And the first port of call for that should be number one balancing your diet, getting enough protein, adequate protein, adequate fiber into your day, especially with your morning meal and your midday meal. Make sure they are balanced because that's when you need your energy at its best the most. You don't want to be falling asleep at your desk at two o'clock in the afternoon every day. Dinner time doesn't really matter as much because you're at home. Um, But if you're someone that does experience cravings in the evening, like if someone's coming home and having super noodles and toast for the dinner, that's going to be very similar to the the chocolate and crisp situation at lunch. I once had a private client who did not work with me for very long because she did not like me telling her that, you know, the reason that she was so hungry after dinner because, you know, two slices of toast and a packet of super noodles is not a meal. It is a carb explosion that's not going to fill you up for very long. Um, and she didn't like the idea of going to the effort of cooking at night, but that's another story for another time. Anyway, uh, now that's that's genuine, true cravings. Then there's the other stuff where, and I would love it if people would stop calling these cravings. This is the conversation that I had with someone recently where they, they kept mentioning the word cravings. Then I had a craving for this. Then I had a craving for that. Um, and this is separate to the other one, sorry, the one that I just told you about with the 2 p.m. crash thing. But they, they kept using the word cravings. And I just kind of said, you know it's okay to just want something, right? Like, you don't have to, like, blame your body for it and say, God, yeah, my body just wanted to have chocolate. Like, 
Yeah, you don't have to blame your body. You wanted to have chocolate because chocolate's fucking awesome. If you want to have it, have it. You don't have to justify it by saying you had such a craving. Oh, and then I had such a craving for chips. And then I had such a craving for this. And it's like this kind of constant use of the word to try and justify food choices. You don't need to do that. You're not... There are moments where you have this kind of... I have it sometimes where... Um, I don't know, maybe you walk past like a takeaway or drive past a takeaway and then it'll be like an Indian takeaway and you'll smell something and go, do you know what, I have not had an Indian in ages and then you start thinking about the last time you had an Indian and for me, I would have been, I can't remember but it would have been a chicken tikka, I'm going to end up wanting one after this it would have been a chicken tikka korma, which I love and then you start thinking about it and going, oh, remember that time you had that chicken tikka korma and that bread? It was delicious. God, I could really I could really go that right now. All of a sudden, it's all that you can think about. And it, it's this kind of intense thing sweeping over you. And it feels very much like a craving. But the reality is, you're just reflecting on a past eating experience, remembering how great it was, and you want to go through that experience again. So it's okay to want things. You don't have to chalk everything down to a craving. You don't have to blame your body for every food choice that you want to make. And very similar to what we spoke about in the last episode when we talk about the difference between binge eating and overeating. You know, if you want to have something, you don't have to find justification for it. You don't have to make excuses for it. You can just want it. You're allowed to just want it and you're allowed to just have it if you want it. So, Cravings. If you are experiencing the first type of craving, the true, genuine, intense craving, where especially these kind of things throughout the day, where you're you're experiencing these these climbs and these drips and the climbs and drips, climbs and drops, spikes and dips, whatever the fuck you want to call them, then take a look at your balance of diet. Do you know what? Actually, I said first port of call, second port of call would be sleep. Um, are you taking yourself to bed at a reasonable time or are you going are you taking yourself to bed at a reasonable time and then scrolling your phone until an unreasonable time I always go to that because the majority of people that I speak to when we talk about sleep when I you know when I a year and a bit ago when I took on my first 10 private one-to-one clients um I asked them to walk through and I wanted I asked them to be extremely honest and work, th- work uh, walk through a 24 hour period right what does a standard day look like from you and I am and then I said to them I am talking about from the moment you wake up in the morning and I said I intentionally said you know from the moment you wake up in the morning and you start scrolling social media or you hit the snooze button multiple times until going to your bed at night doom scrolling till the early hours of the morning and I specifically said those two points as their start and end point and if every one of those 10 people told me that that's what they done 6am alarm goes off wake up scroll social media for 30 minutes scroll facebook for 30 minutes end of the day go to bed at 10pm scroll fa- scroll facebook until my eyes go together might be 11 o'clock might be one o'clock in the morning that's why I always go to those two because they're so ridiculously prominent and common between people. Um, so yeah, second port of call would be sleep. Are you taking yourself to bed at a reasonable time then getting to sleep at a reasonable time? 
or are you trying to run on little sleep, which can then create, I don't like to use the buzzwords, but it does create hormonal disruption. And it means that you might be more hungry than usual. It might make you less receptive to fullness. Um, and then there's just the fact that your day's longer. So like I, I go to my bed at 9pm and I get up at 5pm to take, to feed the dogs, wait an hour, then take them out at six. And I do that Monday to Thursday, on Fridays, I'll stay up later because I don't have to get up ridiculously early Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I do that most of the week. And that gets me my eight hours of sleep, which means that my day is 16 hours long. So if I, my maintenance calories are somewhere around 2,300 calories a day, right? I don't track anything. I don't count them or anything like that. Um, but I pretty much regulate my weight year round with little effort. I don't do anything different. I just do what I normally do and my weight doesn't do anything, which is the point I want to help all my kind of clients get to. The point is, if you are someone that is going to sleep at midnight, so, so yeah, sorry, my 2,300 calories are spread over a 16-hour window. If, if I was someone that went to bed at midnight and got up at 5 a.m., my 16-hour day has now turned into a 19-hour day. So I, I now have my 2,300 calories I need to maintain my weight now has to stretch 19 hours. Not only that, I'm not getting enough sleep, so I'm going to be really tired. I'm going to be looking to prop myself up with caffeine and potentially sugar throughout the day. It's going to lead to unplanned eating occasions. I might end up snacking late into the evening. I might feel hungrier more often. I might not feel as full from the things that I eat because things are so disrupted from my lack of sleep. On and on it goes. So you see how the loop goes? My friend Nick and I once done a... Back in the Instagram live days when people did these things. Nick and I used to go live every day, Monday to Friday. And we spoke about the one... the one Was it the one hack to rule them all? And it was basically sleep. You know, how, how different a place is the world? If you wake up tomorrow morning having had five hours sleep, what are you going to be like? Versus... If you wake up tomorrow having eight hours sleep, what are you going to be like? Tomorrow's going to go how tomorrow's always going to go. But your ability to navigate it is going to be dependent on how good a sleep you have the night before. My sleep's a bit shit at the moment because we've got a five-year-old who is having nightmares. We made the mistake of watching Gremlins at Christmas. Do you know, off topic, right? When I was a kid, I used to watch endless scary movies. We, um, we we would record them at Christmas on video. We'd watch the videos throughout the year. Poltergeist was one that we used to watch on repeat. Um, Gremlins was one we watched on repeat. And then if you think about all the kind of films that were like Gremlins, like E.T. and similar, around that time we watched these things. We watched these more than kids' cartoons. Now, films are not like that. So we made, we over Christmas, we watched a bunch of films and my wife and I decided that at five years old, Kerr would be okay to watch it because he likes stuff like that. But And he watched the full thing, sometimes behind a pillow, sometimes peeking through his fingers, but he loved it and enjoyed it. But we're into February and he's fucking still talking about gremlins and thinking he hears things under his bed. Terrible parents. Anyway, never mind. Um, so, cravings. Stop using the word so much. If you are experiencing genuine cravings, do something about them because they are almost definitely within your control and it's almost definitely got something to do with the balance of your diet. Um, do you know what I didn't touch on? I didn't touch on the menstrual cycle, time of the month. You're going to experience different cravings then. Those 
you can do some things about, but not as under your control. And the kind of advice that we would give around those in the group is like, it's not about giving into them or anything, but it's just being realistic about it and just listening to your body. Like, if you want to have that, have it. You know, it's just a brief moment in time. Don't fight it because that's never going to lead anywhere good. Those aside, um, genuine cravings are almost always going to come down to a lack of something in your diet or an imbalance in your diet. And that's something that you can change. You can fix that mid-afternoon crash by making some adjustments to breakfast and lunch. Um, and as for the rest, like stop calling it a craving. If you want to have fish and chips, go and get them. It's not a craving. It's just something you want. Like I am probably now going to get a chicken tikka korma this weekend after putting myself through that, the memory of the last one that I had. Anyway, enough from me today. I will see you again next week. <laughs>